preach about this particular passage all day. So if you fall asleep, I'll know to end it. Who here has ever been on a cruise? Anyone's had the opportunity to go on a cruise ship, cruise line, whatever? Disney or Alaska or Caribbean or wherever. What's one of the first things you have to do within the first 12 hours of getting on the boat? It's a globally, global thing you have to do on every cruise ship, on every liner. Life jackets and your lifeboat. Find your life jackets and get to your lifeboat. Normally they do it before you leave dock, so you don't really pay attention to it. But that's one of the things. It's required, absolutely required to do that legally across the globe. Who here has ever been sailboating? Anyone? Sailboating? Anyone been on a really big sailboat? Like, yacht? Yep, I'm not that fancy either. The people who race around the world in yachts, 90% of them can't swim. Have no idea how to swim. Their career is on the ocean racing. And they don't know how to swim. Going back to that cruise line, would it at all help you to know how to swim to get back up on a cruise ship? No. You could swim around a cruise ship all day long and not get back up on it. If you fell off. A yacht. Somebody who's racing a yacht. If they fall off, do they have any chance of getting back up on that boat? No. Zero. In fact, in the ocean, when you're in the ocean and you're swimming, the boat could literally be ten feet away from you and you couldn't see it. Because of the weight. It would be no different for a first century Palestinian. They don't know how to swim. Recreational swimming wasn't a thing, hasn't been a thing for that long. They didn't know how to swim. And so when Peter is saying, Lord, if it is you, have me come to you on the water... He's basically saying, Lord, if it's not, I'm dead. I'm literally going to die because I can't get back on this boat and I have nobody to pull me up. Lord, if it's you, have me come to you. Jesus dismisses the crowd right before this was the feeding of the 5,000. So he dismisses the 5,000 by himself, goes off to pray. He sees the boat being tossed about and he's walking on water. Did you notice their reaction? Terrified. Fearful. Yelling out. It is a ghost. Who here has ever seen anyone walk on water? Ice fishing? Yeah. When it's liquid. When it's liquid, not when it's frozen. When it's liquid. Nobody. I have this. 
Jesus walks on it. And Peter's question is so not what I would have asked. Lord, if it was you, have me come to you. I don't know that that's what I would have said. I said, Lord, if it's you, this rain, I can't see because it's coming down so much. Could you just get rid of it? Lord, the waves are smashing against the ship. Could you just stop the waves? Lord, the wind is literally hitting me so hard, I'm blowing off the deck. Could you just cut that off? If you are. Lord, if it's you, have me come to you. No, Lord, if it's you, stop the storm. Stop the chaos. Peter's question gives us a super insight into his whole dynamic, his whole life. Lord, if it is you, have me come to you. What does water represent throughout the whole Old Testament and still today? If you only watch any ocean liner that's getting tossed in a storm. Chaos, unknown, frankly terrifying because there's no control of it. What better representation of our life could there possibly be? Especially in 2020. Chaos, not in control. Wow. And yet, Peter says into that, Lord, if it is you, have me come to you. And he gets out of the boat. starts walking on the water, focused on Jesus. Going back to if you fell off of a cruise line or if you fell off a yacht, if you could stand on the water, would you have a shot of getting back in the boat? You have a better shot, right? Especially if you're going low ports, right? So instead of the high port, you come in at the side. You could reach up. There could be a ladder there get up, maybe. People are there to help you. And Jesus does that. And that's what faith is. Faith says, I don't have to be immersed in this. I can focus on Jesus and be pulled out of it. I can be pulled out of this chaos. I can walk on chaos with Jesus. Chaos has no authority over my life. Not because of myself, but because of Jesus. So no one's here ever seen anyone walk on water other than ice fishing. God comes to us so underwhelmingly at points. Baptize it, a child, an infant, pouring water over the head of an infant or whoever's getting baptized. So underwhelming. It doesn't look like much. But through the eyes of faith, what is happening? 
They're becoming a temple of the Holy Spirit, a new creation, part of the mystical body of Christ. God is being infused into their soul at that moment. That's what really is happening. Yet it looks so underwhelming. Marriage. Having vows. Two people in front of the church with witnesses saying for the rest of our life, We're going to go after the Lord together. And we're going to accept that love between each other as that mission. Super underwhelming in some sense. But through the eyes of faith, overwhelming. In the confessional, having my sins obliterated by a priest By simple words of absolution. How we wish it was more difficult than that. But it's not. I'm sorry for my sins. Okay. Here are the words of absolution. Simple whispers inside the confession. Love is normally exchanged by whispers, not by yelling. And God is love. The Eucharist, which today, Gabby, you get to receive for the first time. Super underwhelming. It looks like bread. It tastes like wine. Super underwhelming. This is that first reading. Elijah is seeing the fire come by, seeing boulders being smashed against the cave door. And and he's like, God's not in that, God's not in that, God's not in that, God's not in that. He hears a whisper, and he cowers. He hides. That's God. And I know it to my core. Super underwhelming. Through the eyes of faith, overwhelming as as much as your heart can receive. Overwhelming more than anything else in our life is the Eucharist. Is Jesus being present in his world? And this is the thing. The world looks, it's like, I mean, the world is Elijah. Right? Looking at all these different things going, okay, it's God in that. Nope. It's not in the soundtrack. It's not on a green screen. It's not in entertainment. It's not in sports. It's not in... The list goes on. It's not in the news. Whatever. It's in that whisper. It's in the stillness. It's in the silence. He's in the Eucharist. He stays in the Eucharist. That's why we genuflect. He stays present his tabernacles throughout the whole world. And the world rushes past. Rushes past. Because it's not flashy. Because it doesn't look like much. But Jesus is everything. 
the Eucharist is everything. And it's the eyes and lens of faith that tell us that. I've never seen a man walk on water. He comes back to the boat. We do him homage. Truly, you are the Son of God. Faith reorients our life completely. We see death, we see the death of a loved one, and we go, no, that's the beginning of life. And life eternal. Faith radically changes our life and how we view everything. Every single thing. Because God's at work. And it takes faith to see that and to pray for that. And we can always grow in it until we die. We can always ask the Lord for more faith and more hope and more love. Today, Gabby, you get to receive Jesus for the first time with all of us. The most amazing gift Jesus has ever given us as a church as a people, to be with us, to give us food for the journey. Because it's chaos. Life is so unknown and so scary at points. But that's okay. Don't get focused on the scare. Don't get focused on the chaos. Don't get focused on that. that Jesus. And when we start falling, because we will, Jesus immediately, I love the words that the gospel writers, immediately was there to pull him up. No hesitation on Jesus' part. No hesitation. Come on back. Come walk on chaos with me again. Come be with me again. Come focus on me again. Let's do this. Let's do this again. And again. And again. Focus on me. Focus on the Eucharist. They get back into the boat. And in the next passage, which wasn't here, the winds die down and they get to their destination. The winds die down and they get to their destination. When we get focused on Jesus, get back in the boat, and the boat's the representation of the church through the times, the rockiness of the times, through the chaos of life, get back in the church with Jesus. Everything's home earth. And then we get to our destination. Winds die down, we get to our destination. Today, let us escape. Great thankfulness for the Eucharist. Let's ask for that gift to keep our gaze on Jesus. And if we have fallen, which we all do, immediately Jesus is going to reach out for you and pull you up. But we have to be humble enough to say, Lord, save me. Because he won't go against our will. He will never go against our will. I can be swimming around the boat forever and not get back up on it. But if I can say, Lord, save me, 
immediately he reaches out and pulls me up and brings me back to the boat. He walks on chaos of my life, of your life, of the world. Let's keep our gaze on Jesus.